0: hi everybody, hi, everybody. <laughs> isn't this fun <laughs> it's so fun okay we are gonna open up in prayer yes Ha. <sighs> so father we just thank you this is so fun Lord we thank you that we get to be in our Lane mm-hmm. yeah. God the Lane that you have predestined for each and every one of us in the name of Jesus And Father, I pray that everyone listening to this message today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help to make it relevant for each and every one, Mm -hmm. and that each and every one would see themselves in this message. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to get right into the Word. So if you would open up your Bibles to John 6 verse 60. That's where we're going to begin. Ready? (laughs) Amen. Therefore, many of his... Oh, I want to give you a little background. Need to give you a little bit of background. So right before this, what's taking place? Well, uh, the multitude was fed. The 5,000 were fed. The loaves and fishes happened. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus, right before this, so the following day, gave his sermon about being the bread of life. Mm -hmm. And the Jewish people had an issue with that. They had a hard time when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And those who eat my flesh, right? He, they had a hard time with that. They were offended and complained about that. Amen. So that's where we are at this point. So we're going to pick it up from there. So therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying. Mm -hmm. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the son of man ascend where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Mm -hmm. But there are some of you who do not believe Mm -hmm. for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back (laughs) and walked with him no more. They made a decision based on what they heard, that they were not going to walk with them anymore. Then, but we're not focusing on them. Say, we're not focusing on them. We're not focusing on them. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ the son of the living God. Amen. Amen? Amen. Okay. So we're going to take it from there now. And here's the thing. We're not so much focusing on whether or not you believe that Jesus is the Christ. Mm -hmm. Because we know, right? You came because you believe Jesus is the Christ. You believe Jesus is Lord and you love God. That's why you're here. So that's not what we're focusing on today. What we're focusing on is when Peter said these two things that he said, so what are the two things that he said? To whom shall we go? Mm-hmm. So what he was saying there, the decision he was making there was, Jesus, you're the only way. Yes. There is no other way. You are the only way. Mm-hmm. And you have the words, so... Your word goes. yes what you say goes. Good. So what Amen. we're addressing today is not that Jesus is Lord, we believe that Jesus is Lord, right? Mm-hmm. We believe in Jesus, yeah. but what we're addressing today is that we believe Jesus. Mm. Mm. right? Yeah. We believe That's good. what he says. Yeah. That's what we're touching on today, okay? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So he had a decision, some decided otherwise, but he decided to believe that Jesus, Jesus's way, and what Jesus says is the only way. And there are no other options, amen? And so now, what is that? Remember, we need to apply this to all of us today, right? Mm -hmm. So we all, all have decisions to make. Even in this very moment, yep. some maybe not. You know, crossroad decisions. <laughs> crossroad decisions are like the big decisions yes. that lead to you know big consequences, <laughs> right? If I go this way or that way, it's a huge right direction that this decision is taking me in my life. So we some people may be facing decisions like that right now. Right. You know, I'm just thinking too. We have LCSM. Yes. Right. Starting in a few weeks. Yeah. And we have some people that are facing that decision right now. Yes. Yes. And if not that decision, right, there's just other decisions, you know, perhaps, right, the Lord is is asking you to make a decision on something, asking me, because I'm in this too, hallelujah, to make a decision on something, and we're sitting on the fence. Mm -hmm. And so, right, what we're going to go through today is, right, we're going to go through the five P's of the decision making process that we noticed when we looked at what we read about Peter up mm-hmm. to that point yep. that he experienced. That's right. Does that make sense? And yes. there are five things, there could be more, but we've identified five things. And again, as we're going through them, we want you to do what?
1: Yeah.
0: Apply it to your own life. Yes, Lord, absolutely. what is this saying about me? Amen.
1: Yeah. Amen. Okay. So
0: the first P, I don't know if y'all noticed, but the word Peter, the name Peter, also begins with the letter P. It's
1: kinda like we know what we're doing. Okay, you know what I'm saying?
0: Okay, no such thing as coincidence. Okay, is purpose. (laughs) That's right. Okay, purpose, the reason for which something is created. And that is broken down into two specific things. The first thing being identity. Yeah. So let's look at Peter first, okay, and then we want to talk about us. So Peter, okay, his identity, he was a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Now, when he was a fisherman, he would have said that his identity was a fisherman. That's right. And and, and that's what people of the world, we don't do it in, in uh, right, the, the believe, believe, as believers, we don't do that, right, because we know our identity is not in our job. That's right. But right. before he made the decision to follow Jesus, he would have said his identity was in fishery,
1: yeah.
0: right? He would have said, I am a fisherman. That was his identity. People yeah. say, I'm a you know, yeah. butcher, baker, candlestick maker, right? <laughs> but then when he came to the Lord, he said, I, I am a disciple. He was yep. a follower. His identity That's was right. in Christ. Yes. And we know that as believers, when we are born again, we get that new identity, we don't do. we? Yes, in do. Christ. Yep. And so our, no matter what we do, job or no job, yeah. okay? Whatever the world would consider to be the greatest do- job or digging ditches that doesn't change our identity. That's our right. identity is in yes. Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's right. And so and the second part is destiny when we're talking about purpose destiny. That's right. Destiny speaks about future events. This is really important here. Jesus, y'all remember this, he renamed Simon from right. Simon to Peter. Right. Peter is English. Mm. But the Aramaic name is rock. Right. So Jesus said to him in John 1 42, you are Simon, the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which Peter in English and in Aramaic means rock. Mm-hmm. So what was Jesus doing there? He wasn't saying, okay, I'm noticing the characteristics in you right now are like a rock because we what we know about Peter it's anything but that. Right. Okay? He was so impulsive and he was so he rebuked Jesus for yeah. goodness sake, right?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: But Jesus was speaking to his destiny.
1: Right. Yes.
0: And he says, "You are now but you shall be." That's right. Amen. That's right. And so what does that mean to us? Many of us in this place have we have received prophetic words. Yeah. And that's what the Lord, remember, this is all decision-making. Yes. In that every decision we make has to be filtered through our identity. Yes. And our
1: destiny. That's right. Amen. Absolutely. I like it too, because, you know, you can't, you can't find your purpose on the fence. Yeah. You know, yeah. You Amen. can't, you can only find your purpose by stepping out on who that's you right. know God made you that's to right. be. That's right. And that was the beauty about Peter is that while he spent his life maybe on the fence, it wasn't until the moment when he made he's made these key yes. decisions yes. Yes. that in those moments of decision is where he found out who he was. The second P is profit. Now, not profit like the prophet Isaiah. Profit like you gotta earn some stuff. And I think that the reason why we use the word profit was, you know, I, I had the Lord say this to me. Uh, you know, it was probably a year or so ago that everybody needs a win everybody needs a win. Everybody needs times in their lives where we experience a win. And I think that it would be, or I think that really in Christianity, the worst thing that we could experience as a Christian is that we would know the promises of God, that I know everything that my identity, that my position, that my purpose would have to offer me. But in knowing them, I never experience them you know, it was never God's intention that we would just know the word. It was never God's intention that we would just know the promises of God. God's promise, his plan, his path that he has for us is full of us experiencing and profiting from the good things that God would have for us to experience in our life. God's purpose in us is that we wouldn't live a life full of losses. That and I think that sometimes religion can say that to us or make us feel that way. That religion is just about, you know, giving and losing. It's about going as low as possible. Well, I do believe there are spiritual principles in there. How many of you know that God would have it, that we would go low so that we could go high? That God would have us give, not so that we could be without, but I would give so that I could reap a harvest on those things. God's desire in my life is that I would go from glory to glory, from a little here to a little bit more, from a little bit healthy to a little bit more healthy right. the second thing about when we talk about profiting is is when I I have to see this in my own life is that it wasn't just about Peter hearing the word of God right, right? because Peter could have done that and I think a lot of other disciples they don't get a lot of air time scripturally because they heard the word yeah. and it kind of stopped there yeah. you know like we really hear about you know three four five out of the 12 the other guys we know they're there We know they're experiencing the same things, but they don't really ever get a lot of mention because I think in life it is, it's very easy to just hear stuff, yeah. isn't it? It's just easy to hear the things to do. You know, like I do that all the time. Like I know I shouldn't eat sugar. You know, I know it and I say it all the time. You know, mostly when I get out of the shower, I say to Danielle, you know, Danielle, I really should stop eating sugar because I'm noticing the negative effects of sugar on my physical body. It's really easy to know stuff. Right. Yeah. It's really easy to gather information. It's really easy to hear a lot of things and know a lot of things. But I tell you, when it actually comes to taking the cookie and not eating it, ooh, that changes some things. Yeah. You know, you've got the hearers and then you've got the doers. That's right. And I think that the thing that separates Peter in his life so good. is that he made decisions constantly. Sometimes good and sometimes bad. Yep. I would say more bad than good. And fortunately <laughs> in Peter's scenarios. But I tell you, Peter was able to do and achieve the plan and the purpose that he had yeah. because he understood it wasn't just about hearing. Yeah, right. It's so not good. just about knowing I should go to LCSM that changes my life. It's about yeah. actually making the decisions. to. It's not just about knowing that I should tithe. It's about actually, it's not just knowing that I should pray or read my Bible. It's about doing. That's the things that you want to walk down the road to our destiny. It's in the doing. And the doing that comes from a place where I realize I'm not just doing because, you know, I'm not just giving out these empty actions, but I know that God says that when I give, when I do anything, God is ready to meet me there and he gives back to me in those things that I gave. You
0: know what? I'm just reminded of something that I heard Pastor Ian say a very long time ago. In the decision making process, he said, I would rather do it and be wrong than yeah. not do it and be disobedient. That's good. That's right. So good. I don't know yeah. if you remember saying that, but that was yes. a very long time ago. And I thought of that. You know, that happens a lot of times in life. It There's does. a few key things yeah. that we carry through life, right? And that's why we have to come to church because you right. never know when you're going to hear the key that's thing right. hey. that you're going to use through hey, for uh, the rest of your life, right? Amen. <laughs> so the third P is persistence, yes. right? So that's firm continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Mm -hmm. And the first part of that speaks about resisting the pressure. That's right. And if we look at the life of Peter, we know because he was human. Yes. Okay. And sometimes, you know, when we're reading about these, (laughs) right, about these heroes of the Bible, we have to read between the lines, right? Yeah. Sometimes we forget that they were real people. Yeah. With real lives, flesh and blood human beings yes. like us, right? Yeah. And you know, Peter, for example, right? He was married. Yes. So he had a wife. <laughs> he had a spouse Yeah. that he had to consider yeah. in following Jesus. That's right. And that's real. It's real. Okay? Because we we hear that from the people a lot of times, right? Yeah. That they know the Lord is calling them to do something, but then they have... They have a family or they have, right, a spouse, right, to consider. But we know the Lord takes all that into consideration, don't we? amen, Amen. he does. Amen. And the other part of it is stay hopeful when we're talking about persistence. And this is huge. Stay hopeful. And you got to know, right? You know, I always think of the woman with the issue of blood when she was like, if I could just touch, if I could just touch, Right. So she's just right, continuing to speak and really meditate as she sees herself touching the hand. But we're not talking about her, we're talking about Peter. But I love that lady. (laughs) And I'm I'm excited to meet that lady one day, (laughs) praise the Lord. I learned so much from that lady. Mm. So Peter though, okay, what were you talking about? We were talking about staying hopeful. So we, right, just think about this, because right, remember reading between the lines, when Jesus said, right, that you are the a rock. Yeah. And upon this rock I'm going to build this church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you think he thought mm-hmm. about that and meditated on Definitely. that? Over and over and over again in the midst of having to persist, in the midst of the pressure, for sure he remembered the words of Jesus. Amen. And that kept him hopeful. I think the thing that
1: helps me when we're talking about persistence is I always think about that scripture, that God would never give us more than we can handle. You know, Isn't that the lie of the enemy so often that we go through things and he tries to make us feel like, This is, it's the end. I can't tell you how many times, like somehow I get to the place where I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just gonna die, you know? It kind of doesn't matter what problem you have. It's like the enemy loves to jump in there and make you feel like it's the end. It's, you know, it's over, you're gonna go broke, you're gonna get divorced, you're gonna die. It's like always the worst. But I always remember that God will never give, He will never allow me to go through anything because I tell you something, when God allows things to happen in our lives, it's not to break us. It's not to take us out, but it's that we're to use the situation to learn and to grow. So what? So he could take us higher. And so I remember when I'm persisting through something, it's like I know that, because trust me, I get it. It feels uncomfortable, right? It feels uncomfortable to go through difficult situations. It feels uncomfortable to go through something new, but it's, I constantly remind myself that even in the midst of the discomfort that I already, it's like I've gone into it remembering that I'm already going to have the victory coming out of it because the only reason i can be in it is because god knows that i can get out of it
0: yeah that's right you with me
1: and so i realize when i persist i'm not persisting out of some wish or a prayer i'm persisting because i know i've already been the very fact that it's here means that i'm already victorious and so i'm walking through it yes it's hard and yes it's challenging but how many of you know you walk differently when you know? You know, it's like if you're a little kid and, you know, someone has been bullying you and you run away and then you run back and you're all tough. You know, I know what changed that little kid is he knows his brother is just 10 steps behind. Yeah. He knows he could go into the fight a little bit more aggressively because he knows what? He's not alone. We are not alone. I persist. Amen. Amen. Not because of something on my own. I persist not because of my own strength, not because of how good I am or how long I spent reading the Bible. Although praise God, we do those things. I persist because I know that Christ paid a high price for me to be victorious.
0: amen, so good.
1: The fourth thing is, is we're talking about, so the first thing was purpose. The second thing was profit. The third thing is persistence. And the fourth thing is people. You know, we were never meant to live this life alone. Yeah. Can i say that again we were never meant to live this life alone we were literally created for family yes, right. we were created for community right. isn't it so frequently that we find ourselves as we go through the challenges of life and sometimes through the, the decision making and the process of navigating it can sometimes make us feel very isolated it could make us feel like if I step forward and I make this decision, it's going to cost me so much. You know, I've heard so many people, now that we're on LCSM, I've heard so many people say that where, where they, you know, they, as they've made their decision to walk into the process, you know, their family or their peers or people around them just didn't understand it. And so because yeah. of that, they felt very isolated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I tell you
1: something, we were never meant to do this alone Amen.
0: Amen.
1: we were never meant and so I realized that as I began to think about this concept and as I began to really understand the purpose of why God so often puts us inside of community is because there's strength in numbers right.
0: yeah yeah
1: Amen. there's strength in being around people who think like you, act like you That's right. talk like That's you right. you know I was watching a documentary a few years ago and it scarred me um, <laughs> but it was a very good analogy that we will use because I remember I was watching, it was this, you know, and I've watched a bunch of them. I don't know why, I'm a glutton for punishment. Thanks to YouTube, right? I love animals so much, but I can't stop myself from clicking, you know, animal attacks. You know, I don't know why. (laughs) I know I'm gonna hate what I'm about to see, but I can't help it, I gotta watch it. You know, one of the things that I always (laughs) notice in those documentaries is, is when there's a, a hunter, like a hunter animal, You know, they never go after the group. We could learn something. You could learn from this analogy. They always try to isolate one. Why? Because it's easier for the enemy to take you down when you're alone. It's easy for the enemy. It's easy for those thoughts to take you down when you've isolated yourself in your bedroom. It's easy for you to step away from your purpose when you don't have anybody who has the ability to speak into your life. It's easy. That's why the enemy makes us feel that way, doesn't it? I mean, he always wants to make us feel in every situation we go into, what is it the very first thing that most people feel? The rejection. You ever have that before when you walk into a room, and you don't know why you just walked into the room, but for some reason, you think that everybody is mad at you. Am I alone in this? No, no. We've all been. Why? Because the enemy loves to make us feel isolated. Yeah. Wow. He loves to make us feel like an outsider. Why? Because he knows that if I can get you outside of community, yeah. Yeah. that it's easy for him to steal. But God, you know, there's a better way with God. Yeah. There's a better yeah. way. You know, I love that's what you said earlier. That's why we go to church. Amen. You know, church is not some religious activity that we do. Church is your lifeline. Yeah. I don't know how many of you have, you know, if you don't realize that about church, you just haven't been going to church long enough yet. But trust me, you will find that out if you continue to go to church, is that I don't go to church anymore. Well, I do go to church because it's my job. Uh, But (laughs) if it wasn't my job, I would still go to church. Uh, I don't do those things because I have to. I do those things because I realize that this is the family that God has put around me that's gonna keep me when I'm going through those difficult times that I have to persist through. When I'm going through those troubling waters when my day, when my future does not look bright, what I know God put some people around me yeah. who can help me stay true to my course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. the other thing that I was thinking about, this just popped into my head right now. You know, so often when we're inside of a family, I'm sorry that my points are taking so long. No, this is know,
0: good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this I is good. I just love to talk, right? It's okay, I might jump in. Okay, that's yeah. good. Okay. You know, one of the things that I was thinking, I'm thinking about right now is, isn't it so funny inside of a family? I just had my birthday two days ago. Happy birthday to me. Woo! <laughs> yes I'm, 30, I texted you. I'm 33 years old thank you you did text me Fell, you didn't text me you are forgiven okay uh, but I think about this so often sometimes it's so easy for us to think about what the family can do for me is that true I mean and that's I mean there's a the beauty of family that's like that that God puts us around people because they are the shoulder to cry on they are our strength in our time of need. they do do that you know what I was just thinking about? I, I was thinking about it as I was walking around Toronto is it's a real mature place to start to think about what can I do for the other members of my family? Even though, you know, even though, let's use LCSM. Even though I may not, it, it may not be that God is asking me to join LCSM, but how can I partner yeah. with the people who, who God is calling to go yeah. that road? How can I help them? Because they're sacrificing. Yes. yes. How yeah. can I step in and, <clears throat> and help them so that I can alleviate the pressure that they're feeling even that just a little so bit. That right. is so good, so good. I think that that's, that's what a mature family is about. Yeah. It's not about what can I get? Although it is nice when it's your birthday and you get the presents, it is a special day and I love it, okay? But you know, a lot of family is not about focusing on what you can get. A lot of family is on focusing what you can give. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes us a mature family and why God knits us together is you are the miracle. Ooh, this is good. Ooh, this is real good. I don't even want to say it now. It's so good. I just want to let it, ooh, I want to let it marinate in there. You ever think about this? You are the miracle that someone is praying for.
0: Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. you know, I love it when you're my miracle. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But how about we switch the table and say, Lord,
0: let me be someone else's miracle. So good. So, so good. So good. So good. One thing when you're talking about people, I I think of this often, right? Like who you hang with, Mm. right? Is so, so huge. You're talking about going to church, right? And even, even the, the LCSM kind of incubation period really is what it is. Right. It, it, it basically, uh, allows you the opportunity to hang around with people who are, like you said, like-minded people. Right. And, and there, there's a saying, right. If you look at the people that you're hanging around, right. And you look at your life in five years, 10 down the 10 years down the road, your life is going to be like, the people that you're hanging around. And so we have, right? If we're going after Jesus, then we have to make sure that we're hanging out with people who are going after Jesus, right? Because it's all everything. We have to think like this. Everything will steer us down a road and it's either farther away from the Lord and the destiny he has for us or closer to it. Right? So good. So good. Yeah. Did you give your second point of uh, people? That was actually my second point. Okay, that was your second point. Thanks okay. for jumping in there. Okay, yay.
1: You just, good job. You're hooking job. me up there.
0: Okay, we get, we get excited as yeah. like, What point no, are we on? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually, can I oh, just, let yes, me Yes, see, I knew you this, had actually. to say something. I, there I you do. go. I, I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Cause we're talking about this, right? And I've been thinking about this. You know, somebody, I was having a conversation with a few friends of mine. We were sitting, we were working on a business thing and I was talking with a few friends of mine, and we were talking about this concept, which was just this, what you said today, was that I I want to be the person who is able to live off of the 10 and give the 90, you know? And so I've been thinking about this, and it's been challenging me, right? Because, you know, I'm in a place right now, I'm, you know, just been married for two years, I'm getting ready to have my first baby, and so I'm like, you know, Lord, like, can I, like, take a loan out on the 10%? Like, I'll pay you back with interest in the future, right? But I'm thinking about it because I'm like, Lord, I want to be that person. And so I've been doing a little bit of studying on giving, right? And, and because I think that sometimes we can feel this way. And in a family, we feel like, you know, oh, you're not giving enough to me and you're not. But here's a, a study. It was done by this psychologist with 600 U.S. citizens And basically in the study was they did it across all income levels. So from people who were poor, middle-class, and then people who are super wealthy, they found that people who gave experienced more happiness than people who received. It says here that in this controlled experiment that Dunn and her colleagues gave the students at the University of British Columbia an envelope containing money and told them that either one, they had to spend the money on themselves before 5 p.m. that day, or two, they had to spend the money on someone else. Those who gifted for others said they were happier than those who gifted for themselves, right? And so they also went on to say that that the amount that you gave didn't matter in 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 experiencing the happiness like you give a small gift you give a large gift but it it just solidified in me this reality that you know i think the most common pursuit in life is if you search about that like what are people looking for i do that as a preacher right or like what are some popular topics that we can talk about the number one thing that people want to know is how can i experience happiness yeah and these people are showing us that yes it is a sacrifice to give rather than to get but the key to actually getting what it is that you're trying to buy right because that's a lot of the times yeah. what we buy is i'm trying to buy this new right. shirt and i want this new shirt to make me feel happy right. and it does make you happy but that happiness goes away after like 15 minutes when i spill something on it and now i'm mad at the shirt not happy at it right <laughs> so the very thing that i'm trying to buy science is showing me that If I, if I simply would take that money that I would normally have spent on myself and I invest it into my family, that dividends of what that's going to pay is actually the thing that I'm trying to buy that I can't buy, but if I give it away, I'll get
0: it. So good. So good. So good. So good. Okay. That's all. We cannot get away from the biblical principles. You cannot. Even if people don't know that they are biblical principles. It is more
1: blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Amen. So good. Okay.
0: So we are on the fifth point. Yeah. Number five. And it is a word that begins with P as well. And it's the word process. Yes. A series of actions taken in order to achieve a particular end. So I want to just write a series of actions taken. Each action in the series of actions is a decision. Yeah. There's a decision, right? And this series of actions could be, you know, a day, a week, a month. It could be a lifetime. Yep. But for a particular end, God, right, in every decision that we make with him, he is leading us to that particular end. We talk about destiny. The Bible talks in Romans 8, about being conformed to his image, That's right. into his image. Yes. That is like the ultimate yeah. where we are headed. Mm-hmm. And every decision, like we said, Takes us closer or farther away from getting to that desired end. Amen? Amen. So two little factors involved in that process is number one, time with God. Yep. You know, uh, and if we look at, again. If we look at the life of Peter, right, he was in the inner circle. He was. A lot of times, like you know, it, it's true. There's only a few that get named, and yeah. <laughs> Peter's always first in the series of names. So Even we know. He makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Right. So, mm. <laughs> praise the Lord. Mm. <laughs> That's so good for us (laughs) who make mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. And he's in the inner circle. So definitely he had time with Jesus, right? We know that. And he had intimate time with Jesus. He he was one of the three that experienced, right? The transfiguration. Yes, that's right. And so talk about an intimate moment with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so what does that say about us? This is an important part about, right? Process involved in getting to that point where we all the time decide like Jesus. Yep,
1: yep,
0: right? Absolutely. And so, so this point here, right? Time with Jesus, intimacy with the Lord. What does it say about us? How are we doing in that area? How, in my experience, the the one thing that I have ever done as far as a Christian. In getting to this deeper levels of intimacy with the Lord is my meditation time. Yep, absolutely. You know, and I know others can attest to it, right? Nothing has done more for me in that area. Honestly, you know, like Pastorine, you've talked about just being on the beach with Jesus, right? It makes me cry just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Literally brings me to my knees. When I, right, every day commit to having that time with him. Yeah. Pastor Tina, you talked about it. It's sometimes it's just it's just being in His presence.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Where you know when you know someone so well, you don't have to talk. Yeah, that you can just be with them, mm-hmm. and you don't need to talk. Mm-hmm. There, you don't have to say anything. He doesn't have to say anything. Where you just be together. Yeah. Nothing can replace that. Absolutely. And 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 we become. You get to the point where you know how when you have that friend that you're so intimate with, you can finish each other's sentences or you could literally say okay i uh, ask me like you know you have a you know your best friend that you're so close with uh, abc if they were at the grocery store you know what would they pick for dinner would they pick you know a salami sandwich would they pick like an apple or would they pick you know a steak yeah and you know that person so well that you could yeah. make that decision yeah like they would yeah you see yeah. where we're going with this yes. right So we can't eliminate, that's a very huge important part of the equation here. And the second thing is in the process, a series of actions taken in order to to achieve the particular end is train your spirit.
1: Yeah, it's good. good. Right. So
0: before, uh, uh, in Matthew 10, okay, so Jesus sends out the disciples. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm giving you, I'm giving you power. And you're gonna go out. And you're going to cast out devils, and you are going to, you know, heal the sick and raise the dead, he says. And before he actually sends them out, so they have the power, that's the only way they would be able to be sent out. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit comes upon you for service. But he instructs them. And the whole Matthew 10 chapter, look it up for yourself, most of it's in red. Because Jesus is instructing them. Yep. He's training them on things. Yep. Where he says, you know, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your shoes and all yep. that kind of stuff. He says, go, don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to say when they get there. Yep. He tells them what to do with people, right, who receive and don't receive. Leave yep. your peace and don't leave your peace. Yeah. And he get, he gets specific. Yeah. He's instructing and training them. Yep. And we, you know, I heard this. Julie, we, we talked about this because I shared this with you. Brother Hagen has this amazing teaching on how we can train our spirit. Yeah. So we can get to the point where we can trust our spirit.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: If yes. my spirit isn't trained, I cannot trust my spirit. That's good. You know, people say, follow your heart. Your heart, Not if it's <laughs> filled with lies. <laughs> <laughs> right remember we're talking about decision making how do we do that so he talks about meditate this is brother Hagan. meditate on the word that's right train your spirit you want your spirit trained so we always make God decisions I want that yeah how do we do it meditate on the word yep practice the word be a doer yes you said that yep give the word first place Amen. Whatever God says goes. That's right. Amen? Amen? And instantly obey. Yes. Going back to what Pastor Ian said, when I believe the Lord is telling me to do something, do yes. it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Amen? Yes. And there's blessing when we do, right. right? The blessing is in the doing. The blessing is yeah. in the... It, it makes me think about, you know, that saying, trust the process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the things people talk about in the workout world. You know, some will go to the yeah. gym for a month. And they're not, you know, they're not seeing the results they want to see. And you're like, trust the process, right? (laughs) Yeah. Just do the work and you're going to experience the fruit of doing the work. Can I tell you something? God, the reason why we're talking about this, the reason why we believe in this is because God wants you like Peter to live above average. Yeah. You know, so often I think that in life we're kind of trained to just expect average, to just expect life to be, you know, as long as it's okay, as long as it's, you know, we're doing pretty good, uh, then everything is okay. I'm gonna tell you something. The reason why we sit and we talk about these things, the reason why I believe God has filled the scriptures absolutely full with these instructions Mm -hmm. is because God's desire, listen, if he could do it with Peter, he could do it with you. Amen. If he could do it, man, if he could do it with a donkey, He could definitely, you know, I mean, let's be honest now. Why? Because God's design, your destiny is set. Your life living in the supernatural is set. Simply if you'll just do the word. Just do the word just make the decisions, yeah. just trust the process, yeah. just step out and obey, just uh, just believe that God can actually do the things he said. So good. And when we do that, what? We're free. God, I mean, I love this. He literally defines, he's so excess. He literally defines himself as the exceedingly yeah. abundantly yeah. Um, above. You know, he could have just said, I'm, I'm, the, I'm a little better God. He could have said that. He could have said, I'm the just above average God. Because that would have been good. Yeah. If I was destined to live average and he was a little bit above average, I would still serve him. Yeah. Right. He didn't say that. Amen. He's so above. Yeah. He's so, I heard a minister say, he's so savage. <laughs> 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 that he defines he is not limited he is not afraid he is not below he's not subject to your education he's not subject to your name he's not subjected to your body or your age he's not subjected to whether you could in the past or you couldn't he defines himself as the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all you could ask or think or imagine god this is the god that we serve and so why do I do these things? Why do I give instead of receive? Why do I step into the challenging situations? Why do I get off the fence? Because I know who I serve. Amen. I know who my God is. Amen. And amen. I know what he's capable of doing. So Heavenly Father, we, we so thank you for this word that you've given to yes, us. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we know that your word is yes and it's amen. Your word goes and it accomplishes the very thing it was sent to do. And so we thank you for that this morning. Lord, we know that you are, you're the God who makes the impossible possible. You're the God who gave us the big dreams. You're the God who called us. You're the God who sent us. You're the God who anoints us. You're the God who starts the process and you're the God who finishes it. And so this morning, Heavenly Father, we turn our life over to you because we know we can trust you.